So you don't fail. Keep at it. That's something we want to really build into our kids. And be intentional about doing that. And yeah. I love the picture that you have of helping just day by day your daughter learn how to ride that bike because... Um, Music. Do you I feel like pumped that one? up. Just pumped up for this podcast. What songs do you want? What, what kind of <laughs> genre would you like for the future? Mm, I like what kind of think? like the U2, Coldplay okay. type of vibe. Yeah. But also anything. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm just, just kind of going to flow with music. <laughs> yeah. And our backgrounds, anything changed? Would you like something Ooh. different? We kind of let Kurt choose these and he's like know, surfer these are very dude and Kurt. he likes surfer. And... Yeah. Right. Well, this is in honor of Kurt again, since he is yeah. not sitting here. So hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to our On Purpose Parent podcast. If you did not listen to last week's episode, you uh, missed out on- Should. <laughs> you should listen to our last week episode, but you missed out on us talking all about Kurt because Kurt is not here. Kurt is normally a co-host. I'm Grace, but today, once again, and we're very excited, we have a Kurt co-host replacement. Yeah, so I'm Chris, and uh, I'm wearing a hat <laughs> like Kurt does. Are and you wearing clothes like Kurt wears? Um, I don't know. No, 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 no. This no, is no. a different style. Yeah, this he wears like very... OP from the Ocean okay. Pacific from yeah. the 80s. And so. No, I'm more of an Oakley type guy. Yeah. I like I like <laughs> stuff with that. But yeah, I, I got a super bad haircut yesterday. I mean, it was... It was so the real, hat like is the multi shortest per ever. Oh, really? Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's... <laughs> I look so bad I bet you it doesn't look so bad, well, but it's also probably very uh, well-timed for this <laughs> summer season because oh, it has man. been so hot. sweltering, Yeah, just unbelievably hot outside. And I love it. But it's air-conditioned in here. And I love that too. Our mics, the videos <laughs> are all working. We had great intro music and we have a, uh, a sign behind us, a picture to, yeah. in honor of Kurt who likes surfing, who's not here with us. So we are ready He's to rock and spirit. roll today. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so parents, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of On Purpose Parents podcast. Um, this podcast really is, uh, I don't know if you got that vibe, if, if it's your first time listening, but we are not experts. Mm -mm. We don't have degrees in child psychology or development or anything like this, but we are a group of parents who are at different stages of our parenting. You know, kids, I have kids eight and 11. Yeah. Chris, your kids are Mine a are, little older. Yeah. 24, 28 and 32. 32. And you've seen a lot of things. <laughs> I feel like I've seen a lot of things, but I know there's a lot more to see. Um, but Really, this podcast, our hope, our dream, our goal is to just create that space where parents like us and you can talk about the real ups and downs of this crazy parenting journey and to encourage us and parents that you're not alone. And we are going to, you know, just share our 
experience, maybe advice that we've gotten mm-hmm. from other people, our failures, our successes, and just be a community together yeah. to support one another in this wild journey yeah. of parenting. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> because I mean, Chris, you you've had a bit of a milestone with recently with one of your kids. First too. one got married. <gasps> yeah. First, first one got married. Marriage one. One down. T- Two to go. Wait, that's kind of weird to say. What if they want to be single? That's, yeah, that's okay. True. It's okay. So they just don't one need down. Another person. Yeah, just one down. Just one down. <laughs> and how did you feel? Did you cry? Uh, I did. I you actually did uh, was officiated the ceremony, and uh, oh, wow. I was like, I gotta not cry during this thing because then you make it about you uh. instead of the bride, <laughs> right? So I'm up there and. But then when my son, they, they wrote their own vows to each other. And when, when he's reading the vows and you know, your face is really close to theirs and (laughs) I'm choking up, but then he's tearing up and crying and and I was, but before that I start, when I started crying is like right at the beginning when she's up there and, and, uh, I'm like, her name's Melissa. And I said, Melissa, I said, uh, I, I, my bride Tina and I, we have been praying for you since before Jacob was born. Mm. Like when Jacob was, you know, and, and we just, we were praying for this, the spouses of our kids type thing. So, and I can't even tell you how many times Tina and I prayed for her and not knowing who she was. And then now, so all those emotions kind of hit me there oh at once. And yeah. It was, it was crazy. So wow, that's so special. <laughs> like you see, you know, your son's entire childhood flashing before your eyes, all the different things and experiences you've gone with him and yeah. the prayers that you've had. And then that's a powerful emotional moment. And to see it culminating in I know. sharing of vows. It's, and, I'm, I mean, yeah. our heads are still spinning about it. It's just oh. so crazy. And then to have... To, to really feel like I didn't feel until that day that I had another daughter kind of thing. Uh, you know, you hear that and yeah. you're like, well, you know, I mean, daughter-in-law. and then my, right. But then this is the one who he is going to spend the rest of his life with. Right. And she's a, a part of our family now. Mm-hmm. She took his last name. Yeah. So it's Melissa Reed. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I, I didn't even, you know, think yeah. through those things really until I was you know, preparing for what I was going to say, but oh, then man. it was, yeah. All the feels, so. <laughs> all the feels. Oh, but that's beautiful. Part of, I think what makes our podcast so amazing, like the biggest part is, is you stepping into this space, Grace, that you have Kurt and I who have raised two kids and, and, or, or you know, he has raised two kids and, and I have three kids and we didn't, raise our kids together. It's, <laughs> I said that kind of weird, but <laughs> Rachel and Kurt and Tina and me, we, we raised, but, but it was a completely different world mm-hmm. back then. Uh, same principles apply, yeah. which is good, but, but very different world. I mean, it is even harder and crazier than when we raised kids, mm-hmm. which was harder and crazier than when my parents raised kids mm-hmm. and stuff, you know? Yeah. So you to be able to step into this space and say, I'd love to help parents just by sharing my experiences and things that I read and what we're learning together, what Sam and I are learning together is, I mean, it's invaluable. I'm, I am so <laughs> stoked that we have you guys here now that you're able to, to be here and to share and, oh. and uh, before you get like 
famous and kind of move <laughs> no, on to no, other no. things. That's that like, is not ah, going to happen. You <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. You are always so encouraging. That mm. is definitely one of your gifts I've seen from the very beginning. And what you just said actually segues really well into what we're talking about today, mm. which is, you know, the world is a crazy place. It can be very difficult for our children. It can be difficult difficult for us, for parents. And what we want to do is to figure out a way that we can just one little small step that we can help our children become more resilient in their lives. And so we started the series. It's um, a three episode series. We started it last week. Mm -hmm. And last week we talked about bulking up their inner uh, selves, their self-esteem, their self-worth yeah, and confidence. their confidence mm-hmm. and how we can, as parents, really tap into the privilege we have to shape that foundational part of what it means to be a resilient kid is having that sense of identity and self-worth that's not just tied to external factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week we are going to be talking about, and here's the title again, written by our wonderful co-host, uh, Chris, also Thank you very much. Uh, producer Chris. Um, but the <laughs> episode, writer, yes, the very uh, wordsmithy title writer is <laughs> Strengthening Kids to Turn Defeat into victories. Mm-hmm. Um, we have He has written this whole description as well that you can see in our podcast notes, show notes, or under the YouTube descriptions. But really, it's talking about, you know, I just wanted to point out a few things here because they're so good. Um, arming your child with resilience to transform setbacks into comebacks mm-hmm. for success. I mm-hmm. mean, you could make that into a song. And Also, you also wrote, you know, how can we talk about strategies to help your child bounce back from failures and disappointment, fostering a mindset of growth and resilience? I mean, don't we want this for our kids? We want our kids to be resilient. Yeah, because we don't want them growing up to be adults that quit on everything, Mm. that feel defeated about Mm. every little thing. And they, they isolate themselves and then, you know, depression sets in and all this stuff because they... You know, because yeah. they're not resilient. Right, exactly. So um, uh, thank you all for joining us again for this second episode. And let's just dive right in. So I think w- like we've done in past episodes, um, we just have a few thoughts. Chris and I, we don't talk about this in advance. We come in with our different perspectives and angles. And we're just going to kind of bounce back and forth and just share our experiences, our thoughts and insights. But I will say we would love to hear from parents as well. If we say something that you really resonate with, we'd love to hear that. If you think there's something that would benefit the parents that we didn't talk about and we didn't cover when it comes to the topic of helping our kids face failure and not just be crushed by it, but to still be able to get up and bounce back and thrive, we'd love to hear that because we want to share those resources, those thoughts and encouragement to our whole parent community. Yeah. We're trying to create a community with, with all the, all parents who are like, yeah, you know, I, I, I need help. I want to help others, that kind of thing. So just drop comments in there and you guys can have conversations in there. We read all the comments. We'll take We'll take some of the comments if you mm-hmm. have suggestions, things like that. We'll create resources, 
Uh, we'll write blog posts from it and then episode questions that we can discuss. But yeah, just communicate with us in comments. That would be fantastic. Yes, we love it. All right. So my first um, encouragement on helping our kids really face failure in a healthy and resilient way is for us as parents to redefine failure. Mm -hmm. Even what are we talking about when we say failure? Like mm -hmm. it triggers that word you failed or this was a failure or I failed in this triggers emotions for us and maybe different for different people or different um, severity of reaction. But none of us, it's, well, I would venture to say n whatever it triggers is probably not a happy feeling mm. or like a pleasant feeling or a feeling of happiness and joy. Mm. Um, so that's a normal thing. But I think as parents, one of the things that I really want to encourage us, and I'm so included in this, is that if we can redefine failure in our minds, that understanding that failure is a really important part of a child's development. It's actually so important for kids to fail because that means they are on a path to learning because yep. you cannot learn without failure. It's it true. just does not exist. So yep. any kind of growth, any kind of learning, failure is an essential ingredient, a stepping stone, a part of that. If we have this subconscious reaction to failure as a condemnation or something not ideal, it will hamper growth. Actually, it can be, it can get in the way. Um, the image that I want to just leave with parents that I want to associate with parents is like your little child who's learning how to walk. <laughs> and I mean, and I just, you know, I'll just say, I just remember Zoe because Zoe different from Karis, Karis was very ambitious, even from a young child. So yeah. like early, early on before she was one, she was like, her first few steps were like many, many few steps and she fell. But Zoe was like very chill kid. So we would put her on the edge of the bed even till six months and we would feel comfortable doing it because she just didn't roll around. She just kind of laid there and we'd be like, Zoe, do you want to crawl? And she'd just look at us. She'd just stay there. And so we would just, all of us would be trying to encourage her to crawl, to walk, to do something. And yeah. she would just kind of chill. So anyway, when she got to that stage where she was interested in like pulling herself up, taking a few steps. I mean, we were all just so ecstatic and she would, I just remember it's like you take two steps and then you fall on your bum and you're just like, yay, you did such a good job. I remember we have it on video. Friends were over and she took like four steps before she fell and we were excited and cheering for her. And, and then there was a moment where she's not even walking. She's just she just kind of stood up in the middle of the room and kind of wobbling like she looks like she wants to lift up one leg to take a step. Yeah. Like you can see the the muscle <laughs> movements trying to contract, yeah. but her feet's not lifting up. So she's just standing there like wobbling and we're like, oh my gosh, oh yeah, you're doing it. Go, go, go. And then she just sits down and we're like, that's okay. I mean, it's so joy filled. Yeah. It's so fun. It's exciting. But if you think about it, our babies who are learning to walk are constantly failing. Yeah. They are failing at walking. <laughs> I mean, they are like utter walking failures. They yeah. just get up, they crawl, they, you know, they do an army walk. I mean, they're not good at it. Yeah. But to me, that's the image of failure I'd, you know, just want to encourage parents about is 
that can be the beauty of failure. Just trying at something, working at something. We don't just say after a couple tries, well, pff, our child's never going to walk, you know, yeah. what a failure or how terrible <clears throat> would it be if our child, you know, has emotions at that point that could, they could articulate was like, wow, that was embarrassing. <laughs> that attempt did not go well. And I did that in front of all these people who are watching me just fall on my bum, yeah. trying to do something new that I've never done before. Better not do that. Better just stick with just crawling. Yeah. That would be terrible. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah. Anyway, that's just my point. Of, first point is let us as parents also redefine failure yeah. as an essential ingredient to growth and and um, learning that can be a beautiful thing. They, they, they wouldn't learn if they didn't try something like that, right? Yeah. So the baby would go from point A to point B and crawl. Hey, I can get you from here to there. And can you imagine the baby being a high schooler that would just crawl around and not walk? <laughs> because that's all, that's crazy, yeah. right? But that's that's kind of the illustration that the picture I had in my head when you were given that. Yeah, I I had put down just the thought of, of when we want to strengthen our kids to turn defeats into victories, is to change the the child's perspective on the same thing. So kind of like what you're saying with the parents, that they'd redefine the wins, change your child's uh, perspective that when they face like defeats and disappointments and stuff like that, it's um, they'll see it as a chance to grow. Mm. Right. And, and to improve. And instead of feeling discouraged, they'll see these setbacks is a place where, Hey, these are steps to success. My son is, uh, was really good in school. You know, mm -hmm. when, when he was younger in particular. And there was one particular uh, uh, class that he was struggling with. And he took a test right off and did not do well at all on the test. And, you know, was upset, came home, was just upset the whole time. And we sat down and we talked about it. And, you know, he felt like a failure. He felt stupid, mm. you know, those types of things, even though he was doing really well. Well, right. we talked through that and just said, hey, well, why do you think you got that particular grade? And what did that look like? And, you know, he he didn't put responsibility like sometimes kids will write on. Well, it was a teacher's fault. They didn't explain it right uh, or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. No, it was like, what could you have done? Because you can't control most things in life how other people act and stuff like that. You can always control your response mm -hmm, to these mm -hmm. things, right? So that's that's one of the things that we, main things that we would over-communicate to our right. kids. So with Jacob, it, it's like, what could you have done? It's like, well, you know, I could have studied a little bit different. I could have mm -hmm. studied a little bit longer and I could have studied a different thing, you know, a different part of it and stuff like that. And it's like, great, so this is... This is a win because we learned from it. Now, mm -hmm. you know, try not to make that same mistake again. Yeah. Right. And, and kind That's of moving good. into it. So he, 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 I remember he'd play baseball and in little league, um, I'd, I'd coach his teams and he, he would be upset after, uh, making an out when he's up, yeah. up batting. Right. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't get a hit. He'd go back to the dugout and be upset. Well, you, you can't just quit and, baseball right and walk out and leave i guess you can people people kind of do <laughs> or get so discouraged right, that it yeah. ruins the rest of the game where you play terrible the rest of the right. game you have to get over that piece one of the things that we had talked about was 
you know, I'm like, who's, who's one of your, your favorite players, mm-hmm. you know? And, and he was like Mike Trout or whoever. And they were, you know, that person is batting 300, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic batting average when you're hitting 300. That's three out of 10 times you're going to get hit. The other seven, you're not going to get right. So right. there's all these other little failures that happen that you grow from that you learn from and you can't let it get you down or mess up your your life right right you can't you don't you don't want it to steal your joy mm-hmm. in, in yeah. feeling that way there's a great scripture in proverbs 24 16 that says the godly may fail seven times but they'll get up again so it's that idea of you get knocked down, you get back up, yeah. you know, and that's that's resilience. That's awesome. That's a great illustration. I, I really liked what you said. It was very quick, but you were saying that that was something you over communicated with your kids about, mm-hmm. you know, um, having agency in the things that happen to you, not just blaming other people, but mm-hmm. looking at, OK, in this situation, what can you control? What were the elements that I can control? And those are the things that I can pour into that might influence the outcome next time. And that's such a great thing to point out. But also what you said, over-communicate is sometimes I think as parents, especially as kids get older and you don't want to like cross the line and just be nagging all the time because that could shut kids away from you too. Mm. But so not everything, there has to be balance. But the things that are core important values Mm. like how to help our kids be resilient with failure. I think that's such an important thing because failure is going to be all around them in their life. Over communicating points like that. I just, I think that's such a awesome thing to do and a responsibility and a a privilege that we have as parents to kind of just reinforce that. So that's really cool to hear that story and, and how you encourage your kids and, and all the different things that they faced and they're growing up and now they're getting married and <laughs> probably going to have more failure, not marriage failure, but, you know, in relationships is tough. And that's yeah. going to be something that will really help them continue to take those principles in, into their yeah, adulthood. We hope, we hope so. That's yeah. awesome. OK, so my second encouragement here is um, to let your kids take risks and also make mistakes and spill stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> what I mean by that is, is in order to have kids practice this principle that failure is not the worst thing in the world, but it's a necessary part of growth, and it could yeah. actually be a positive thing. Um, we do have to let our kids take age-appropriate risks, and and I think this might be easier for some parent personalities than others. I know some parents are pretty like might be more loose. And then you have other parents that are a lot more um, worried or Mm -hmm. anxious or want to just make sure everything is set up well. And, and it could even manifest in small ways. Like your kid is going into the refrigerator, grabbing, you know, that half gallon, or is it a gallon that the, the, of milk gallon is yeah. a gallon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gallon of milk that, you know, the traditional plastic yeah. jug and they're trying to pour from that full and we'll jump in like, Oh no, 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 no. Let me, let me do that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many countless times I'll do that. It's, it's too heavy for you. Let me do that. Right. Um, uh, before I finish my point, I, I want to share recently I saw on YouTube, it was like this viral video, um, of this uncle with like a, two-year-old kid his his uh uh, niece (laughs) and it was so funny because he's 
he has the video in front of them. So they're like sitting at a table. And so they're looking at the video and they have like two little teacups and they'll have actual real like lemonade pitchers or water or yeah. milk and or like like liquid yogurt. And he'll be like smiling. And it's funny. He's doing this purposely, I think, because mm -hmm. he did one and I think it got really viral. But the little kid is pouring drinks for them and it like always starts off well. And then it's just the entire jug dumps out and it's like whoosh. And I think the reason why the video is so funny is the the facial expressions that he does. He's always yeah. like his eyes open really wide, like <gasps> what just happened? And you know he's hamming it up a little bit, but it's yeah. really adorable. And so he has a compilation of all these videos of him having tea or drinks with his uh, niece, and she's just every video dumping water, milk, juice you know, onto Just the table, making a, making a mess, but she's trying to pour the cup yeah. and he's doing his <laughs> facial expressions and all that stuff. But there's this one final video. I think it was like a year or so had passed. So she's slightly older yeah. where she's like, no, 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 let me try. And he's like, you know, doing his funny faces and it's so close. She's pouring it. Like the, the liquid goes all the way up to the rim. Yeah. And she pulls it back just in case. So it's, I mean, it's like the the cup is brimming. Oh wow! But she puts it down. But it's not. It's brimming, but it didn't overflow. Oh wow! And she puts it down. She's like, "I did it!" <laughs> and his face is even more shocked. Like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you did it? Oh my gosh!" And um, it was just such a. It, this just a fun compilation video. And uh, I think my point here is not let your you know, kids make mess without rain and, yeah, yeah. you know, just let them spill drinks. Yeah. It's not that, but that same kind of urge you might have to always take that milk jug and take care of it or always jump in and fix something or make sure it goes smoothly. Um, in some cases, maybe when you're at a guest house, yes, you should, but it's to encourage parents, just ask yourself, wait, hold on is this something I should let my child try on their own without my assistance? Even if I know, I know they're going to screw it up and create a mess or I can see it. I could see they're not quite ready for it, Yeah. but are they close enough that I let them take that risk and let them have that failure? Because I know that failure is about to come. Yeah. And then talk to them about it, encourage <laughs> them, like show them like what they might do a little bit differently. And basically to be intentional about letting your kids mess up. And the reason why is that if you always shield them, if you always just take care of things, if you always just um, resolve things before they mm. even become a, a problem or a mess up or a spill, they will just have less experience. Mm -hmm. And part of it is we want our kids to have lots of experience of yeah. failing within under our roof yeah, while we can space. watch them while yeah. we can supervise them while we can talk them through how they feel you know or ex uh, do about that and and i'm not saying again let your milk is expensive these days i'm not <laughs> saying like waste food it might not be that it might be some other situation but just at least to be thoughtful about it and ask that question how can i let my kids take some risks where i know they're not quite ready they might fail make mistakes, make spills so that they can gain that experience that allows them to grow more confident when they face quote unquote failures like that again in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, the, the second thing I wanted to say is about perseverance and effort that, that as a parent, you would communicate that to your kids and help bring that out in your kids, help them 
persevere, help them put in more of an effort in that kind of thing. And this is going to really help them be uh, resilient, putting in the hard work and and not giving up. Mm. And it makes me think of uh, when my daughter Kaylee was uh, learning to ride a bike, Mm -hmm. right? And (laughs) she would try. and, And what we did is we went to a park close to our house and and tried there. So when she would fall, she wouldn't skin up her knee too bad, you know, right. and it would just be on the grass. And uh, plus it's a little bit easier for the tires to work on and, and kind of learn from there. So she would, uh, you know, she would ride and then fall, you mm-hmm. know, like all of us would and, and then ride and fall and ride, you know, and each time you just like, you know, keep it up, you know, I'm, I'm here with you mm-hmm. and you try not to, I would try not to let them just fall straight flat really hard. It would (laughs) kind of be holding the back and let it gently down a little bit. But then sometimes when I would let go of it and she would be riding, she would fall down. But that whole idea of, you know, there you're encouraging them along the way, you're present and, and, and just helping them. But Mm. that tenacity, building that into them and, and just because you fall doesn't mean you'll never learn. Right. And, you know, I mean, we're, there are so many people who have excelled, you know, inventors who have failed so many times. Like, I don't even know how many times Thomas Edison failed in in how many, you know, he's invented so many things, but you Google that and see. Uh, I think of Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. who did not even make his high school basketball team. Mm -hmm. He got cut and, you know, he's the greatest player who ever played national basketball league right it's just so you don't fail keep at it that's something we want to really build into our kids and be intentional about doing that and i love the picture that you have of helping just day by day your daughter learn how to ride that bike because um as kids you we need someone else to tell us that it's okay to fail because it's 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 not a great feeling to fail. So yeah. that leads into my last point, which is um, normalize messing up and normalize that failing is hard and, and acknowledge that it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my first two points were really kind of to emphasize that failure can be a positive thing. But in real life, the feeling is not great, right? So it's like, yes, we can say all we want that failure is necessary, failure is important, failure is part of learning and growth and, you know, building confidence and resiliency. But when you think about the moments that you failed and just didn't do well in something or were were not competent Mm -hmm. and maybe that happened in front of other people, Mm -hmm. if you just kind of bring yourself to that space... It's not a great feeling. Like in that moment, you're not going to be like, it's okay. You know, failure will lead to my growth. (laughs) Like, I mean, you, you, hopefully you do think that. So later when you're reflecting, it helps you recalibrate kind of some negative emotion, but in the moment, it's not, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. And so I remember, um, with Karis, when she was younger, we would be playing thumb wars and, and this was what, you know, sort of first insight into like her personality and just, you know, what, how she ticks and, she, you know, we'd be playing thumb wars. Her hands are so tiny. So, you know, <laughs> as like a parent, she's like three, you know, she would beat me and I would be like, oh, you got me. And she's laughing so hard. She's just <laughs> having so much fun. And then like after a few rounds, I said, okay, Karis, mommy's going to win now this time. 
Okay. Like <laughs> my turn to win. And we actually made it a verbal agreement because I didn't want to like surprise. Her. I was trying to ease her into like taking turns, winning and losing and just experiencing that. Yeah. And mentally she was hundred percent with me. She's like, okay, mom, you win this time. Your turn. Like she was very like gung ho about it too. So I said, okay, one, two, three, four, I declare it the more, you know, I'm going <laughs> to win now. And she's like, yep, yep. Your turn. Mommy's turn. So I pin her thumb down and I was like, yay, I win. <laughs> and she was smiling and I still can see this. You can, it felt like, you know, when a cloud or an eclipse goes over the moon, yeah. like the shadow sh yeah. shifts over, I, you could see this eclipse go through her body where she's smiling and then it's like this like cloud came over where it like her smile turned into this frown and she wasn't upset at me, but it was like that feeling of losing, mm. that feeling of failing, even though she knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But as a three-year-old, she couldn't like control that feeling. And she was like, I, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> like she was like, it, it felt so bad. Like it didn't feel good for her yeah. to lose. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a real experience that she's having right now of, of losing and failing and not liking that, even though it wasn't a surprise. So yeah. one of the things that, um, that we can do as a family that is a suggestion is um, at the dinner table or regularly, make it a, a habit as your family to share something that was hard during that day. Mm -hmm. So this is a way that you could normalize it. You could say, tell me something that you tried today that just didn't work out. You know, let's, let's go around and just share one thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone share something that was hard, you know, cause this is good. good. This is part of our yeah. experience. And in a lot of ways we can lead by example. I will tell you mm -hmm. the kids are more excited and interested to hear stories of Sam and me failing yeah. Then our like successes during the day. And I don't know if that's like a human nature thing <laughs> or if it just feels like, oh, there's some validation of things that we fear that when someone talks about them going through a failure, if it's something that I fear or I don't like or mm -hmm. I don't feel good, mm -hmm. it starts to feel um, safer mm. and it becomes more normalized. And, and I do think that that's part of the reason why my kids are always like, Oh, wait, what, what happened? How did you screw up? What happened? What did they say? What did you say? And then what did you do? Like, they're very curious about it. Yeah. But so we do tell them a lot of our failures during the day. Like, yeah, I, I thought this was going to turn out like this, but it didn't. Or I was working on this project and I was working really hard and um, it just, it's not there yet. You know, this is, I'm struggling, you know, this is really hard. And so we make it a point to just ask that question. Tell me, tell me something hard today. You know, tell me something that happened that was hard. And again, the idea is to normalize, to empathize with each other, that mm. these struggles, these failures are feeling, feeling wise are difficult, but you're not alone. Your parents are screwing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and we're talking about it and we're going to get through it. I think that's one real powerful way that you can help your kids see the bigger perspective and gain resilience against failure, mm -hmm. the negative feeling of failure by just sharing daily experiences of things that are hard yeah. and normalizing that. Gosh, you said so many great things in there. <laughs> It, it, it makes me think just about how different families are, mm. how different children are. I mean, even our children, right, raised in the same home. Your two girls are so different from each other. 
Totally. My three kids, they're so different from each other. Our families are very different from each other. And, um, and that's why, you know, one, one of the things we say is, is uh, look, look for the principle in things, you know, don't, don't compare and, and copy kind of thing, but, mm-hmm. but what's, what's the overarching principle in what we're talking about? And like one of the things that you shared was that idea of a parent being present, but also doing things first. So, so modeling it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is a fantastic principle in parenting. Don't, don't, don't ever say something like do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Right. That thing that we've probably heard our parents say that kind of thing. It's like, well, you model it, be, be open and mm-hmm. honest with, with things like that. So, yeah, but that's, that's some really, really good stuff, Grace. Um, the last thing I wanted to share about was that you would teach your children to seek support and learn from their mistakes, mm-hmm. that idea. But, but really uh, seeking support mm-hmm. is, is kind of a big thing. Their friends, their coaches, their teachers, from you, from their parents. Um, Jacob, I want to I go back and just kind of share a funny story with him. In school, uh, I forget which grade it was, maybe fourth grade, he had this project where he had to create a mission, right? Oh, the, yeah. The sand, yeah. Was that fourth grade? I think remember? that's, yeah, fourth grade? <clears throat> yeah, B- back in the day it yeah. was. But, uh, so he, he wants to do the San Juan Capistrano mission, right? So he's so he's like building this recreate. And my bride, Tina, would always help with projects like that. I've, I've got no, I, I don't have anything creative in me, right? You don't I like don't, to do the super glue, hot, no, uh, hot gun, glue gun. No, I'm not even the, the fix it dad and, no, you know, okay. things like I, you know, I need other handymen. So I'm, you're very technologically savvy. I, I just watch YouTube with, stuff and with producing this them. podcast. <laughs> but, um, so Tina would do their homework with them on projects like that. And she put together this, um, I mean, it, it took them probably a, the better part of a week. I can't even tell you how many yeah. hours they put into this, this mission. Yeah. So he's super proud of it. He takes it there, telling me the story later. Dad, that was the worst out of the whole class. <gasps> it looked it looked terrible. And they were really? like thinking it looked great. I thought just it looked great. It was better than anything I could have Everyone else just did. did so much? Yeah. Oh, so, wow. so he ends up getting a C on the project. So it comes back a C. Wow. Tina was so mad. Oh. She's like, <laughs> how Tina. did we get a C on that? And he's yeah. like, mom, how did we get a C? You know, yeah. it, was, it was just crazy. So uh, he talked to the the teacher afterwards because you, you saw these other projects. And we actually saw it on, on one of the open house nights. And everyone had went to the store and purchased their project and brought it. So it was like this pre-made, like pre-made. thing oh, that they yeah. painted. Wow. So they, everyone had like oh, the same thing. Yeah. So, so you should have gotten we, an A. <laughs> we talked about that. That Hey, okay, bad grade. You didn't do that well with that. But next time we learned, you, you need to buy. Buy, buy the, the pre-made <laughs> and then just paint it. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Don't work so hard on a mission project. Yeah. <laughs> but I get, you know, kind of the the thing with that. I know Tina had 
uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I was going to say she had a great time with her son during those times, but, but I think you don't it even was know if that's true. I think it was it's stressful. Like, it was just stressful. I think it was crazy. Homework. Yeah. I think it was crazy. Why, why did I tell that story? Why did you tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> Davin, we need to edit that out, bro. <laughs> but um, I guess just the thought of asking people for, th- you know, mentors to kind of help you mm. with certain, certain things. So, and teaching your kids how to talk with adults, you know, how to right. talk with their coaches and teachers. So it doesn't always fall. I mean, you'll do it when they're really little, but as they start getting older, they need to be able to ask their teacher, Hey, mm. you know, I need some help with this particular problem with this homework, you know, that kind of thing. And coach, Hey, what do I need to work on in these right. areas? How come I'm not playing as much or, you know, just how can I be a better athlete, whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, Because I, I do think like that seems like, um, something we would think that our kids would just do. Oh, if you need help, yeah, you would ask, but that's not the case. Yeah. Sometimes you don't see other people asking or you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Or let's say you didn't get a part in a role or something, or, mm-hmm. you know, like you're audi- auditioning for like a show and you didn't get it. Yeah. Um, normally that's it. You just kind of walk away. But yeah. that whole idea of, no, you can dialogue with people. You can ask gotta, for you gotta feedback. Get, you got to get feedback. Yeah. And don't be afraid of that. Why don't you go to that teacher and say, do you have any advice for me or what yeah. I could do better? And actually creating space and encouragement for kids to do that, that's going to be super powerful. Kids that can pursue questions to mentors or um, pursue feedback from people when maybe something didn't turn out exactly as they hoped, I can see those kids being so much more equipped than someone who won't ask or is afraid to ask um, or never got the encouragement to, to go out and ask people, adults, yeah. and mentors to help them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. that's another one of those principles. Uh, just how important mentors are, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. being able to ask for help, right? You know, that's so important. Yeah, and that goes to this whole topic that we're saying today as we wrap up. It's it's really demystifying failure. It's redefining failure, so we think of it not such a negative thing. It is encouraging our kids to talk about it, you know, to to ask people for help, to get that feedback, to not hide, to not be ashamed of something that doesn't work out the best, to normalize that a lot of all of us, everyone, if people are seeming like they don't struggle, then you're just not seeing the whole story. That's not reality. We're all struggling together and we don't have to hide ourselves or hide our failures from ourselves, our family, other people, and that if we can lean into that, they can really, like you said, use that failure to turn into something like raw material that will propel growth, which is exciting. That's what we want for our kids. And so, well, thank you everyone for listening again to our On Purpose Parent podcast, our second episode of Resilient Kids talking about failure. As always, I am Grace with Chris, missing Kurt, but we're excited to spend this time with you and looking forward to next week for our last episode Episode of the series. Episode three is going to be so good. Episode (laughs) three. Thanks, parents.